It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of The Table. My name is Jason Squires, um, and I uh, we're continuing our month on team expectations and kind of what that looks like. And we are joined for, by Brian Taylor from Slingshot. Brian, how's it going? So good, Jason. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to jump into our conversation today. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to it as well. Why don't you tell us about you? Tell us about Brian. Tell us all things Brian Taylor and kind of introduce yeah. yourself to I mean, us. How much, how much do you want to know? Uh, I mean, all so, of it. You know? <laughs> so uh, I've been in worship and creative ministry for uh, nearly 20 years. Uh, it's crazy for me to say that. Uh, presently, I serve as vice president of experience with Slingshot Group. And the experience division is the team that handles worship, production, uh, digital marketing communications. And so Slingshot Group, if you don't know, we're a team of ministry practitioners that are committed to helping churches and organizations build healthy, remarkable teams. And we do that primarily through coaching and then through staffing. Um, and so that's uh, my primary focus. And then my wife and I also happen to be able to serve our local church here in uh, North Dallas, Texas, where we live, a covenant church as worship and creative pastors. Uh, awesome. So we get the best of all the worlds. And uh, on the personal front, we've got two kids, a 13-year-old, a nine-year-old, two dogs, and uh, one recent addition, Socks, the cat, who already rules it all. Uh, everything you've if you don't if you don't have cats everything they've ever told you about them is true he's four months old and four pounds and has already served the 50 and 55 pound dogs notice that they've been dethroned i don't know what it is about cats and dogs but cats that do that (laughs) your dogs are like i I, you know what you you can have it you can have the it's amazing (laughs) i wish i could show the listeners pick pictures of the facial expressions that my dogs make when the cat enters the room that feels like that feels hilarious. like a, a podcast episode when the cat enters the room. <laughs> when the cat what, enters the what, room, there feels like a leadership dialogue. Somewhere in there, there's somewhere. a metaphor. Somewhere <laughs> a somebody's metaphor. somebody's going to run with it. That's right. That's right. Um, hey, so we're talking about team expectations and kind of like uh, all of that, and so let's kind of jump in. Let's jump into the topics today. Um, Great. What are some things uh, I should be thinking about if I want to build a healthy team culture? Um, if I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm looking at building my team culture, and a lot of that comes from. Uh, what I'm going to expect of them. Um, so what is when you're building that, like what are some things I should be thinking about? Yeah, first of all, I think this is a fantastic thing for us as leaders to pay attention to. Um, it's not just about output and outcomes. How we get to where we're going is critical. And so when you're thinking about building healthy culture, you're really talking about healthy team dynamics, which is mm. the way that team members relate to one another. And if we're not careful, what we can do is kind of make that about rules and regulations. Uh, we think about the behaviors. Um, but I I encourage leaders, when you're building a culture, don't just think about the behaviors, but think about the motivations. So it's not just uh, what the team is doing, it's why they're doing 
the things that they do. And that uh, for us, especially because we're in ministry, uh, the, the who we are part of this equation, what we bring to the table matters so much. And every organization is going to have different measurables, different things that they expect. But if you wanted some, uh, I guess, general markers of healthy team dynamics and cultures, maybe we could give like a quick list of those. Yeah, go for it. Um, I think about free-flowing, constructive communication that happens in all directions. So I'm looking like, what does the team communication look like? A commitment to the team's mission, not just compliance, right? This goes back to motivation. Anyone can just sign on the dotted line and do things just because they're compelled to do them by nature of a commitment. Uh, but what you really want is not just commitment to the behaviors, but commitment to the mission. Um, also, high retention with high performance. That's a big one. So it's not just that people are staying, but totally. they're continuing to live up to the expectations. They're continuing to rise to the standard. And then not needing fear and intimidation to produce results, which is when we're setting expectations, one thing that we have to pay attention to. We don't want to scare people into doing the right thing. We want to motivate them uh, into being all that God's created them to be. I love it. Now, what would you do? Like the, the, this is great to like build from. Mm -hmm. What if I have to like unbuild before I build? What are what are some like um, if like if I have to break down some things? Is this what are some ways I can um, kind of like step into the breaking down before I help build? Because these are great if it's if like I'm walking into a this is great if I'm walking into like a new place yeah. and I'm going to help build from like there's nothing here for me to build on. But in a lot of cases, I'm thinking, what if I have to like break it down? Because you don't want to build on a rocky foundation, you want to break it down and build, kind of build fresh. What are some, what are some like steps forward if I'm in that place? Yeah. So here's the good news: whether you are building from the ground up or you're remodeling, rehabbing culture, the same steps apply. The reason is, you know, when I was growing up, there was this old infomercial. I think it was like for a tabletop rotisserie oven, and uh, the whole tagline was "Set it and forget it." And that's the approach that many leaders take to setting expectations or building culture. They think just because they put the vinyl lettering with the words on the wall and they print nice handouts for the team, like once they've said it, they they can forget it. And the truth is, um, that's not the way culture building works. Yeah. And so rather than being overwhelmed by the work that you have to do, just it, you're always going to be doing this work. You're always going to be continuing to, to recast vision. You're always going to be continuing to put fresh seed in the ground so that the fruit that the team is bearing is in season. So that's the first thing I'd say. The second thing I'd say, you know, there are two cultural uh, considerations, like cultural influences for a team that I think thrive in any situation. Uh, the first is the things that you celebrate. Right. And especially when there's a lot to undo or a lot to kind of rebuild and refocus, what you celebrate uh, actually gets attention. What you celebrate, uh, what you highlight, what you encourage, people, people are naturally drawn to. So that's a really great way to avoid uh, a bunch of negatives or a bunch of no's. Yep. Um, and a quick aside, you always want to, no matter how bad it's been, you want to find things about the past that you can honor. We want to honor who we've been. And now we want to look towards the future. It's not about better or worse. It's just, we're going to do it differently moving forward. And one of the ways to encourage that is through celebration. The second thing, this cultural influence uh, that will thrive are the things you tolerate. 
So this is like the flip side. You've got things that you celebrate, what you encourage, what you pay attention to, but also there are the things that you tolerate. And uh, these are like inconsistencies. It's where what you say and what you do or what you have said is important versus what the team does when there's misalignment. That dissonance will cause your culture to kind of go to default rather than design. So it's the conversations you're not having. It's the things that you're not addressing. Uh, yeah. It's the things that you're allowing to stay misaligned. Um, for example, like let's say you you set the expectation of the team being on time, but you don't ever address the team member that walks in five minutes late every Sunday. You actually don't value being on time. It's great to put it on the wall, um, but you don't actually value that because you're not requiring it of your team. And so in these rehab rebuild situations, it's important to look at, okay, what are the things that I can celebrate? And what are the things that this team has been tolerating that one by one, I need to begin to address in, in a kind, caring, considerate way, but ultimately in a way that's in line with who we're called to be in this chapter of leadership and ministry. That's huge. And I think it's important to remind people that it you don't just flip the switch. Like it's not right. a, like tomorrow it's not going to be awesome. It actually right. might get awful before it gets awesome. Um, but like there's- And giving there's, yourself permission for that correct. is so important. It's, yeah, you can't just guns blazing, go into it and destroy everything and burn it all down. Right, right. Because then, then then that's, yeah, there's nothing good, nothing good comes well, out of that. Nothing good comes from that. So um, how do- how would you say like mission and vision line up with expectations? Uh, you know, as we kind of work towards this goal of pointing people to Jesus, um, how do we make sure that like those things line up as, uh, as we're like, you know, our goal as worship leaders is to like, to come together and point people to Jesus. Um, but obviously keeping true to our vision and our mission, like the expectations line up with that. So what would you kind of talk us through that? So there, there are three things I'd say. I'm, I'm going to add one to the list. Uh, yeah. So obviously you've got vision. Vision is this is our what. It's where we're headed, how we're going to get there. It, it, to me, strategy is also a part of the vision. It's the steps that you're taking towards it. And then you've got the mission. Uh, this is why we're headed in that direction. So we know where we're headed and how we're getting there. But this is why. The mission is why. And the the third thing that I'd add would be values. So if you know where you're going and why you're going there, you really have to figure out what's the way about it. Like, what's the way that we're going to get to where we're going? Not about strategies, but it's like, what does that look like for us to embody? Yep. Uh, you know, every organization has values. Every team has values. If you don't, you should have them uh, because they, they are the cultural markers that influence how you get to your vision and, and your mission. So these things absolutely have to inform our expectations. They have to be uh, points of foundation and clarity. Um, and it is actually in our best interest to tie as much as we can back to those because that helps the team uh, remember that they're a part of something bigger than themselves, right? What, what uh, they're a part of is bigger than the part that they play. Yep. And so by using the mission, vision, and values to influence the expectations you set, uh, then you get the full weight and support of the organization behind you, which is a huge win um, in that in that regard. And so then I, I would just say, 
as you dial that in, then you can more clearly define the win, right? The win to me is like, what's the best possible outcome in the situation, right? So what's the best possible outcome for a Sunday morning rehearsal, uh, a sound check? What's the yep. best possible outcome for, um, you know, a, a worship planning meeting? What's the best possible outcome? The win is the right thing, the right way at the right time. And so if you use your mission, vision, and values to influence the win, then you you have that natural momentum that comes along with it. I love it. I love it. So as you're leading people through this, like, um, where would you say the line is between leading people and serving alongside of them? So meaning uh, as as pastors, as mini- as worship leaders, you know, like I think it's I think it's a uh, it's a um, a lot of times we think of like leadership, it can come mm-hmm. across as like, I don't want to say dictatorship, but like you have so many, so much coming at people, but at the same time you want to serve alongside of them. And um, where would you say, how do we kind of talk us through this a little bit? Like, where's that line at? Where's that line in? So this is a really interesting dynamic that we see a lot in the leaders that like th- that I coach, that question comes up all the time. Yeah. And for me, I think, Uh, intuitively as ministry leaders, we understand that there is no line between leadership and service, right? Leadership is service. You know, Jesus said in uh, Matthew chapter 20, um, you know, after uh, the mother of the sons of Zebedee comes, I think uh, James and John, I think, and she says, can, hey, just can, can, when you come into your kingdom, you know, mom wants us to be at the right and the left hand, I think that's my word on the street paraphrase. Don't quote me on that. It's just Matthew 20. I know that. (laughs) Um, And Jesus kind of responds because the disciples get up in arms that probably they didn't get there first to ask the question. And he says, you know, the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and the great ones exercise authority. But he says, it shall not be so among you. Whoever wants to be great must be the servant. That influences the whole proposition of church ministry leadership. So there's there's not a line between leaders, leadership and serving. Those two things are the same from, from a philosophical standpoint. And so I think what what the real question is, as I think about this and process it yeah. real time, um, the real place where it gets blurry, it can get blurry, is in our effort to be relational. Sometimes the lines blur between leader and buddy or leader and and friend. So it's not about leading versus serving alongside. It's, it's uh, you know, well, I, I really... I want them to know that I'm their friend. I want them to know that I'm with them. I want them to know that I care. I want I want it to feel I want, you know, good hang. I want it to feel good. You know, all the things that that we love as we host and we're being hospitable to the teams that we serve. Um but if we aren't careful the familiarity that can happen when we're not paying attention to it and is 100% the responsibility of the leader to pay attention to this and carry the weight of it. That familiarity can breed compromise, and I think that's when the line has been crossed. And by mm. compromise, I mean it's we won't hold that person accountable because we're more buddy than leader, because we're close, because we're friends, because yep. we hang out. And, and the compromise 
uh, not only compromises our leadership and influence, but it also compromises their influence because the team sees that relationship, that friendship, that buddy-buddy nature, and then also sees that the team member is not living up to expectations. So you've got now two leaders um, who who are seen as less than as they sh- than they should be, um, and I think that's that's the line we have to draw. We want to be friendly. We want to be close. We want to care. We want to be friends with the people that we're leading with. But we always have to remember our our accountability. Our responsibility is to be accountable to what God has placed in our hands to steward, and that's their gifts, their callings, uh, their their abilities. That's on us to carry well. And so we have to just make sure that that line stays very clear. Yeah. And I think I've been thinking a lot about this recently because um, as a, as a worship leader, you're, it's like we, or I guess anybody in ministry, really um, your job is also your community. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so it's like sitting in a small group. Are you, are you the leader in that moment or are you just somebody that's attending you know, but you're, but in, in in all reality, you know, we're being vulnerable in a in a moment where it's like now I'm now we're friends, but now I'm leading, and you have to turn that switch back and forth, and it can get it can get confusing for people if you're not, as opposed to like somebody in a company that's leading a company, maybe isn't going to be a, as like your boss or whatever isn't going to be your friend outside of work. Maybe they are, but like in right. church, it's like my community <clears throat> is my is the are the people that we're working with too, and so. Um, once that, once that slippery slope gets going down, it's hard to like work that back. And and then, like you said, you end up tolerating more than, uh, more than you should. Yeah. Right. And I, I think, you know, what you just said, Jason is, is so true. Like this is messy. Yeah. And there's no way around. I mean, it would be so great if people were like predictable, like widgets, you know, like you just put them on the assembly line and they're going to do the same, it's going to do the same thing. But you and I both know, like we're dealing with humans here, human relationship, human connection, human leadership is messy. There, there is no way to reduce someone's story to a soundbite or a headline or a policy or procedure. Each of these relationships that we're navigating require intentionality and care. Yep. And we just have to go into it knowing, you know what, you're probably going to get burned by a relationship. You're, you're probably going to make an investment in a leader and they're going to leave. They're going to transition. You're going to get that gut punch, the unexpected text or phone call or email where where something has gone on that you weren't expecting. And now you have to make some hard decisions and have some hard conversations. This is a natural part of the leadership journey for the ministry leader. And so, you know, what what most people the tendency to do then is like self-preserve and to self-protect. And I'm all for healthy boundaries and I'm all you know, for like healthy accountability and things of that nature. But th- there's a, uh, you know, an arm's length. Like we we don't think we can be real or or vulnerable. We don't think that we can be transparent when we're struggling or when we're not yeah. having the best day. And, you know, I think it's worth it to show our teams that we are also human, yeah. right? We're not condoning sin. We're not, you know, you all understand this, right. but we are in fact human, we're we're not perfect. None of us are Jesus or Superman. Um, right. So we're going to have off days, and so allowing it 
uh, allowing ourselves to be appropriately open and knowing that every once in a while we just we're going to need to recalibrate relationships accordingly, I think uh, is a much freer way to to live and to lead. I love it. So in this process, um, there what is what are some signs that maybe I need to revisit my expectations with the team? You talked a minute ago about um, you talked a minute ago about not like setting it and forgetting about it. Uh, and I love that. And I also remember that that, that commercial that you're talking about. And that's why <laughs> I, I was think smiling. we actually bought one of those. My grandfather, I was raised by my grandparents. My grandfather was like the as seen on TV king. So I'm pretty <laughs> yes. sure we had one of them um, yes. just because not because we ever needed it, but just because he he was committed to it if he saw it. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Um, but what are what are some signs that we need to revisit our expectations with our team? Maybe have a team night where we sit down and talk through some specifics. Um, or is it something that's more of an ongoing conversation? How would you, how would you kind of, someone that's listening right now, that's like, I love this and I might need to come back to it or I need to rethink it or I need to, what are some signs that that's an, that's a problem? Yeah. So I think it is the answer to that question is yes. Yes. <laughs> you, yes. Right? That's the answer to the question. Um, the, the most simply the, the sign that you need to revisit it is that you've not revisited it. Mm. Like that's the sign. If you Truth. think, man, when is the last time I talked to my team about what we expect or what we're a part of, tied them back to the mission, vision, and values, like that's the sign that you need to do it. Now, the good news is like what you just said, Jason, you don't have to call a meeting to do this. Uh, remember, the culture is built by what we celebrate and what we tolerate. So when things are out of alignment, you can address them as they're happening. I like to start as broadly as possible. You know, if I'm having these struggles, you you go back and you say, hey, team, here's here's what we need everyone to do. And thank you for for prioritizing it. Thank you for being on time. Thank you for being prepared. And then if it happens again, you've got a clear marker. You go to the individual leader. Also, what you celebrate, you celebrate in front of the group and you celebrate individuals. But if you're doing that regularly and every team huddle, when you're sharing a devotional, just try to tie it back to an expectation or a value. When you're when you're celebrating something that someone's done well, tie it back to an, an expectation or a value because they're you're celebrating what you want to see in your team. And so use meetings, regular, like seasonally, seasonal rhythms are a really useful tool for this. So like for us personally on the ministry side, we love to do a fall kickoff every yeah. year. We, we kick off the fall together. Everybody's coming back. It's a great time to say, Let's remind ourselves of the vision. Let's remind ourselves of the mission. Let's remind ourselves of what we value. Everybody gets it. Everybody gets re recalibrated, kind of recentered on what's important. And then along the way, we just inject those into our regular rhythms of meeting and conversation together. So if you're not doing it regularly, you probably do need to start with a meeting. And once you've done the meeting, then you just kind of inject it. Like it's like secret missions, like a secret agent. You just kind of inject it into conversation. You inject it into testimonies. You inject it into what you're celebrating. I'm just, I'm over here processing what you're saying. This is so good. The, um, the idea of celebrating and tolerating is like a big thing. Cause I think in a lot of times teams, um, if you don't do these things, like stuff just starts building. And we mm -hmm. sweep it under the rug and then we put it in bags and then it's swept under the rug. And then we end up, you get years down the road and go, I don't even know why I'm angry or why I'm frustrated yeah. or why I'm thinking this or why I'm, you know, why I'm processing it this way. And it's like, 
um, if I don't know what you want from me and I didn't know that my call time and downbeat are two different things right. on a, on a, on a, on a scenario, you know, I, you know, I say be there at eight, I show up at eight, I meant start at eight and then now everybody's late and now we're frustrated and you're always doing like actually ex- like being a, like, uh, communicating it's amazing what communication can do it's amazing yeah uh, yeah um <clears throat> so our podcast we call this the table um for a reason conversation and food go hand in hand yes uh, so i have i think you know i said I, before we hopped on here i was like we're gonna be good friends here because i was on your facebook page and uh you and i have very similar hearts here, and i think my your answer is gonna make my heart happy but mm-hmm. like so if i was coming over to the taylor house for dinner what would be on the table? Like, what are you guys, what is being made? What, like, what's being yeah. eaten in this scenario? So, uh, for Father's Day this past year, my wife and our two kiddos got me a Kamado style ceramic grill. Oh, it's like a, you know, a lot of people are familiar with Big Green Egg, yep. um, but this is a Kamado Joe. Um, if they're listening and want a sponsor, I'd love it because this, you know, here you go free yes, product placement. <laughs> I love it. They're an innovative company. They have a lot of great things, but it's going to be something from that, uh, something that has been smoked. Most likely we're, we're probably looking at some ribs and like a spatchcock ch- chicken with, uh, some Alabama white sauce and some just really great sides. That's we're- kind of, that's where we're. That's where we're living right now. Now, is that your Texas influence? Because I know you're not originally from Texas. Or is that, did you, was this, was this you before Texas? What is this was? So, you know, we're from the East Coast originally. Uh, We're from like Maryland, Washington, D.C. area. And then we spent some time in South Florida and in Texas. I will say my love for smoking meats and things of that nature did start in Texas. But the flavor profiles we we bring in, you know, from just growing up around family and grandparents and aunts and uncles. And, you know, so we take what we've learned in Texas, but we bring some of our back, you know, back east influences to it. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm uh, I during COVID, I I mean, you're, you're stuck at home. And so I was like, I'm going to I started smoking food during COVID and was like, oh, this is you have a to be careful new... when you say that. I've realized, uh, like, what are you going to do today? I'm going to go smoke some, you know, what? And they're like, what? <laughs> You're going to go. So, sorry, I interrupted you. I started smoking food. I started smoking food. I'm like, that <laughs> seems like it's going to be a TLC show. That's right. <laughs> sorry <laughs> does here what does that does that mean something different in 2022 something? yeah i'm smoking the know. food i'm smoking yeah. the i'm smoking the meat i don't know what that means i don't know what that means but the uh but yeah we started smoking smarty like learning how to smoke food and everything gosh yeah. and it's there's so if it doesn't get cooked outside I, I mean that's where everything lives it ruins you for restaurants too no, my kids don't want to eat we go out to eat yeah. and they're like dad yours is better <sighs> yours, i'm like yeah. okay well i'll take it i promise Hi, praise. Have you ever smoked cream cheese? Is that it? Have you I've, smoked? Okay, I've not yet. And a lot of I, I've done like cream cheese like in different dips and quesos and things of that nature, yeah. but I've not done, you know, smoked cream cheese with you know the savory or the sweet side. Yeah, it's it's, it's on it's my a, list. It's a total thing. And maybe it seems if you weird come, like if it's you come gonna, over, I'll smoke some cream cheese. We're gonna for do you. this. But like yeah. it's amazing. You you'd think it would like melt and you know, I don't know why it stays in a brick, but I don't want to ask the question. But like you you smoke in a in a block of cream cheese and then you dip mm. whatever you want in it and your life will be changed forever. Um and it's the outside gets this like a not hardened, but it gets like a almost like a, a crust on the outside. Like a crust, yes. And then when you break it open, it like oozes a little bit and the, the cream yes. cheese is it's 
Uh, we could yeah. do a whole podcast episode about the joys of smoking things. <laughs> things. Meat, smoking meats, things. Cheeses, meats, cheeses, <laughs> dips, vegetables. Statements, statements yeah. that end ministry right yeah. there. <laughs> right, it's exactly. The, do a whole podcast You're on gonna smoking You're going to have one of those things. disclaimers at the end of this episode <laughs> that's like the views and opinions expressed. You're not, you know, like it's one of those situations. We're talking about things on a grill. Uh, things on a grill, yes, exactly. Okay. Hey, so how do we how do we connect with you? How do we connect with Brian Taylor? How do we connect with Slingshot? Tell us all the things. How do Absolutely. We... Um, I, I most easiest way to connect with me is probably via Instagram. Uh, I'm Instagram.com. My username is Brian Taylor, B-R-I-A-N-T-A-Y-L-O-R. And uh, in my bio, it's got a link to everything else. Uh, oh, so it's fantastic way. And then uh, you can find Slingshot Group on Instagram, but also at slingshotgroup.org. Love it. Hey man, I appreciate you hanging out today. I appreciate absolutely. this conversation. Thank you for and inviting me, Jason. Absolutely, sharing. Yeah, just it's all the things about uh, leadership and smoking things. It's all. <laughs> it's a good. It's a full oh, circle. Man. It's a full circle moment. It's, it's a, a full circle. Yeah, like, that's, that's awesome. an interesting testimony. <laughs> Hi everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs> 